Hello, this is Alex. And this is Lena. And this is Getting Mouthy. One more Tree Hill podcast. Hello, Lena. Hi, Alex. Episode 15, here we come. Suddenly, everything has changed. I don't think it's that sudden. I think it's 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 been a long time coming at this point. Well, it's sudden to certain characters, maybe. I guess that's Oh, yes. I think, I, think I know who you're referring to when you say that. Why are you always smiling and laughing when you do the opening? Alex. Well, I just want to know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I just get excited to record with you. Yeah. It makes me laugh because I like pretending that I'm on the radio. It's like a dream. <laughs> well, you are kind of on the radio. I'm sort of on the radio. I'm probably playing out of somebody's radio. When I listen to our episode, I usually have you playing in my car. I actually play us in the car, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of it is for enjoyment. It's so funny because you edit these episodes. Yeah. I want to hear my edits in action. That's the thing. Okay. I want to hear my edits in action. Sometimes I'm like, oh, crap, I left a sneeze in. Yeah. But other times I'm like, I'm delightful. And that's that's a nice feeling. You are delightful. (laughs) Just a warning, this episode is actually going to be edited by me. Ooh. This time, just because of some scheduling difficulties with Lena. Yes, that's true. So if you don't like this episode... Well, okay, so one other caveat, if they don't like the editing of this episode, I mean, they'll probably like it more, let's be honest. Why? Just because that's what we're setting, we're setting me up to be embarrassed now. Honey. (laughs) By a stellar episode by Alex next week. (laughs) Flawless episode with perfect fade in and fade out of clips. Anyway, another reason it could be a little bit wonky, which is not anything to do with Alex, is I watched this episode over a week ago and took notes on it. And have not looked at the notes since then <laughs> and have not discussed this episode with Alex at all. So for me, I'm, I'm a little bit rusty on this episode. Well, to be fair, I didn't even take notes. <laughs> See, this is... <laughs> I got on the One Tree Hill wiki. Okay, so we're experimenting with ways to make this less time consuming, <laughs> um, which means that we're not watching them always together now. We're both being experimental with our note taking, so we'll see how it goes. But I, I am excited to be recording again, Alex. And suddenly everything has changed about our recording style and also in Tree Hill. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Actually, you know what I'll say first, just to get it out of the way. If you like this, please review it. If you can. I don't know if there's a way to do it. Yeah. On Apple Podcasts, I know that there is a way. We would love additional reviews. It, I don't know if they, you can record. Can you review on Spotify? I don't think or so. Google? I don't think so. But you can on Apple. So if you are one of the people that listen on Apple, which we know is over 50% roughly. So we know a large on. portion of people listen on Apple. And we really, really would love additional reviews. Especially if you like us. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't like us, you can... If you don't like us, just... Just email us and I'll leave it unread, you know. I'm a sensitive soul. Beware. So... Also follow us on Instagram. Also follow us on Instagram. Alex runs the social media of of the world for us, um, and I generally do the editing, but this week we're mixing it up a little bit, so... We're going to see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see how it goes. I'm excited. I'll get to listen to it in a whole new way next week without knowing anything about what it will turn out to be. I'm very excited about that. All right. Anyway, Alex, would you like to give us a synopsis on episode 15? You know, I've watched this episode twice, including just before we started doing this. Mm -hmm. But I was also preoccupied both times. (laughs) So Lucas is woken, awaken. He's woke from his coma. What's the word I need? Awoken. Awaken. He has arisen from the dead. He's arisen. Okay. He is risen. And he breaks up with Brooke. 
mm-hmm. almost immediately. He gets with Peyton, but then that ends almost immediately. Karen doesn't like Keith. Dan doesn't like Deb anymore. Nathan doesn't like either. <laughs> Wants to get out of that bitch. And Haley is trying out a new style, supposedly. A new style? That's what she says. Because Nathan mentions her new top or, or like her new outfit. Oh, yeah, I guess. It's like a half But I don't scene. notice anything I mean... different. So anyway, I'm just trying to think <laughs> of It's a throwaway everything. comment. Whitey isn't in the episode at all. Like these you are the just th- watched this. Alex. These are the things I'm remembering. That's all. What is there to say? Well, let's see what Google says. It's honestly this is the shortest synopsis I've ever seen on Google. So there might be some agreement here. After his near death experience, Lucas decides he made the wrong choice in girlfriends. He breaks up with Brooke and secretly rekindles his romance with Peyton. Later, he is rushed to the emergency room again. Boom. That's that. <laughs> you know, I honestly forgot he went to the emergency room again. That's good. Let's talk about it. Let's get Let's into it. Let's talk about it. So Let's see what happens. I think we open up. Lucas is at the hospital. He is uh, getting ready to go home. I think he's kind of questioning some stuff. I think he's talking to Karen, like, what's going on with you and Keith? Why are things this way? Is, am I right? Yeah, he's sitting there. He wants to know, like, hey, where's that book that Keith brought? Oh, yeah. Which is still wrapped Subtle. up. Still wrapped up. So I don't know what, what the book is. I wish we did. But we don't. That's true. I don't know if we ever find out either, which is But kinda... I don't think it matters because it immediately... I do wish... 101 tantric sex positions. Nice. One thing I wish about this is mm-hmm. Lucas does mention that. I think he says exactly that. I don't get it. You know, Dan does one decent thing and you cut him some slack. And yet Keith makes one mistake and you cut him out. One thing I wish that we got to see was that conversation with Lucas mentioning that Dan did do that good thing. Oh, like seeing Lucas acknowledge? I want to see the reaction. I want to know how he felt when he found out that, like, Dan oh. walked in and like acknowledged like he's my son. Like I want to know what Lucas felt in that moment. It'll yeah, that would be really interesting. It seems kind of like a missed opportunity mm-hmm. for kind of a high drama moment. I mean, I do think later in the episode we get some sense of how Lucas is deconstructing what happened with Dan. But I, I agree, it would have been cool in the moment that he finds out to have been privy to that conversation. I wonder who told him. I guess it was Karen. I'm assuming so. Because he hasn't seen Keith. Keith is the one that would actually know because he was there. Well, he hasn't seen Peyton because she came to the mm-hmm. hospital and he was knocked out. Brooke yeah. was at the hospital, but I don't. Th- I think he saw her for a little bit. Yeah, um, he did see her very briefly at the end of the last episode. Haley came and cried. Mm-hmm. So really, I would I would assume that Karen said something, yeah. which makes the most sense. But I still would have liked to have seen it, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. But the last part of this scene, before we move on, is the doctor walks in, like, how you feeling, Luke? Well, like, I just got my spleen cut out. <laughs> and then his yeah. next question is, when can I play basketball? When can, when, when can I hoop? To which the doctor mentioned, you know, like, rehab is definitely necessary. And he may not be able to play the way he used to. Like, it's possible, but you may never make a full recovery. So that would be that would be very hard to take, I think. Very hard. And it's interesting because we just had that storyline with Dan from his college days when he had an injury and was told he might not be able to play again. Later found out it was recoverable, you know, or at that point it was, or maybe, I don't remember, maybe it was the opposite. Either way, originally there was some kind of a, an injury that was causing the issue. It's just kind of interesting that it's sort of paralleling 
Dan's experience. Yeah. You know, it's not the last time this season something about Lucas's life will parallel something about Dan's life, which is interesting to just think about. You know? I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it, too. It's been a while since we've seen a basketball game, hasn't it? I feel like it has been. But it's also been like a couple weeks since we've like really watched an episode together. That's true. We haven't watched an episode together actually in like three weeks, probably, because of the way we've divvied up our times. But transitioning then to the Scott house... Nathan and Deb are clearly screening Dan's calls, which, like, can you blame them? No. And Dan is leaving a voicemail in the background as they're talking. And so you can just hear, like, pick up the damn phone and, like, screaming into the, <laughs> into the answering machine. Um, and Deb, in this conversation, Deb is telling Nathan that the divorce, it's possible the divorce is going to get messy and he might have to choose who to live with. He goes over, I think, during this conversation, shuts off the answering machine and is like, isn't it great that dad is an off button or something? And I don't remember if he exactly agrees, like, oh, I will, of course, want to live with you you know after divorce or if it's just kind of implied that i don't remember if he directly says it or not but either way i don't think he does deb's checking to see like how the divorce is like affecting him and nathan seems to be okay because he knows it's for the the best for the both of them Mm -hmm. which is like that's a tough thing to to like know when you're a kid yeah i mean i think do you feel (laughs) i'm probably the only one so bear with me but do you feel a little bit bad for dan in this scene do I feel bad for Dan? <laughs> no. No, I don't. I'm not I, saying I should feel bad for Dan. I'm just saying I do. Well, I mean, I don't I don't feel bad for him. Yeah. That's because you like a healthier outlook on people. I think the way that it's portrayed here, and they're screening Dan's calls, if it was a normal person and they called once, you'd pick up and probably talk to him. Or you'd like, you know, I don't want to talk. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they're screening the calls and they don't seem surprised, how much has Dan actually called Deb? Yeah, I mean, he's probably being psychotic. I guess I just feel bad for anybody who's being ignored. Because that's a terrible feeling. Don't you think it's a terrible feeling to be ignored? (laughs) I think it's a terrible feeling. It's a terrible feeling. Why are you laughing at me? I just don't think that he deserves our our sympathy. Well, I don't think he probably does deserve it. I'm just saying that it's present within me, which is my own issue to, it's my own cross to bear. (laughs) Yeah. Now we actually go back. To Lucas's house. Mm-hmm. Row, row, row our boats right back to Lucas. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm it's very insufferable. Good Go on. And just talking as they enter the house, and you know, Lucas actually asks, like, did Peyton come to visit? Well, isn't he being? Isn't Karen telling him, like, oh, you had a record number of visitors? Ugh. Yeah, it was uh, some weird abbreviation that she that the nurse apparently. All gave. I can think of is PIV, which is penis and vagina sex. So I don't think that that's what she said. Wait but all I can think of is. The- is the acronym PIV. <laughs> Deflowering the maiden. Breaking the lawn chair. Skinning my fish. Your dick in my vagina. I'm pretty sure it was visitors while unconscious or something. VWU or something. Close. I can't remember. There's a V somewhere in there. <laughs> well, I like the way you think. Nevertheless. Um, yeah, he does. He's asking her like, oh, who visited? And she's listing off people. And he said, well, did Peyton come? What about, what about Peyton? Well, yeah, Peyton came once. And they walk into the bedroom, mm-hmm. and it just so happens he has a visitor. He sure does, but it's not Peyton. It is Brooke. Brooke. And she has done a very nice thing. I feng shui'd your room. It promotes healing. I'm not sure if she actually feng shui'd his room, because it's like a pretty complicated process. And I would be curious to go look at the like a still of this scene and compare it to like the rules of feng shui. I'm not going to, to be honest. But I would be interested in seeing all I've noticed is she added a lot of plants and candles and like it feels kind of like she made it into a spa, you know? I think it was like the first time I've ever heard that there are rules to feng shui. 
What I, did you think feng shui meant? I kind of thought it just meant organizing until it like feels nice to be in your room. <laughs> well, I mean, I actually think it's a pretty complicated thing. I hmm. saw an episode of like House Hunters or something where somebody was like, we want, it was this like couple that their whole like family, you know, was very into feng shui. And they were like, we want it to have all these rules. Oh, actually, it was love it or list it. That's great. Well, anyway. <laughs> we'll have to <laughs> they had all these that. rules. And and that's how I learned. They were, oh, my gosh, there's a lot of rules to feng shui. And they were like, listen, we can't live in a place that doesn't have these things. So if we're going to list it, you better make us love this other place. Anyway, go Was on. it you or was it my mother that said, if I put the bed underneath the window, my energy will go out or something? I think we both said it separately. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, makes, that makes sense. <laughs> That's the reason I don't have my, my desk actually facing a window anymore is I read that all your good ideas like will go out the window then. And so you, it, it being adjacent to it is better, which is why it's my current setup. Thoughts only travel forward. Well, I think it's more just like the energy of the outside will like suck away. Anyway, we don't have to get into this right now. I don't know anything <laughs> about feng shui and I don't I'm not here to be like culturally appropriative. I'm just saying I know minimal things and it's mostly from Love It or List It. So <laughs> let's move on. Anyway. Way, I, I thought it was kind of nice that she did this. It's extremely nice she did this. It's extremely nice. I mean, your boyfriend's in a coma and then you go and feng shui his place. Clearly her love languages are gift giving and acts of service. Because she's giving the gift of all these things that she bought him to make it look beautiful. And then she's putting all this effort into creating this beautiful space for him to walk into. It's really sad. It's really sad. And why is it sad, Alex? Because the very next part of this scene is Brooke being supportive of Lucas. And like they, I think they start out talking about how like Lucas can't have sex. Mm -hmm. And like Brooke is okay with that. Yeah, because she says she's going to give him a sponge bath. And he's like, oh, I can't do that for a while. And she's like, bathe? Don't bother showering tonight. (laughs) <laughs> Which I think is funny. Um, but then Lucas mentions that, you know, like, I want to take some space and actually breaks up with her. I know. And Brooke is not understanding and devastated by this, obviously. I mean, she handled it a lot better than I would have. <laughs> and how would you have handled that? <laughs> okay, so the one and only time someone broke up with me, and I'm saying that that way because it is the truth. I've had a lot of relationships, but for whatever reason, it was either mutually ended or I was the one ending it in most cases. So the one time someone broke up with me. Which was one of my last relationships before I met you, actually. I think the guy broke up with me. I said something like, you will never find love (laughs) or something. Something dramatic and rude and not true. Um, But it was very like, if you don't love me, there's no one you could love. It was really weird. I don't remember. I just remember it felt very true in the moment. And like a week later, I was fine. But during that time, I was pretty sad. Now, if you're out there listening to this guy, let us know where you ended up. I'm really not that concerned about where he ended up. <laughs> he was fine. He was a fine person. It was. I was just, honestly, the shock of the breakup. It was very yeah. out of the blue, which is kind of what she's experiencing here. That's why I'm saying I would not have handled it as well, because for Brooke, this is completely out of the blue. Yeah. Like, literally, they were fine. In her mind, they were fine. She didn't know what was going on with Peyton and Lucas. Like, she probably could have picked up on some of the signs. She probably should have in some way. But she was enamored with him and he was kind of, he was giving her enough in return to make her feel safe in that relationship. So for whatever reason, she felt solid, probably felt much closer to him after experiencing worrying about him and him being in a coma. Like that's a big, big deal. I do wonder if part of it, like why she didn't react a little bit more because because you're right, it's completely out of nowhere. Part of me wonders if it's because she thought, well, maybe it's just because he was in this like mm-hmm. life threatening. Yeah, like because, he's going through a thing. Because it kind of comes back a little in a little like a, a few more scenes. I think she comes back to the house. Mm-hmm. 
and it, it kind of makes me feel that way. But I think in the moment, oh, I don't, I wouldn't think I'd process it like that. Yeah, she processes it like very well and very maturely. And she's just, I mean, she's hurt. She's starting to cry. And she's like, maybe for you, this is easy. But for me, this is like awful, basically. And she walks out, but she doesn't like demand an explanation, which I would demand explanations. I would want a detailed breakdown as to like how and when this switch happened in his brain. Like, I would know every element of it. Um, and all I could think about was our recent foray into Jersey Shore and the many, <laughs> many breakups of Sam and Ronnie. My only rule, never fall in love with the Jersey Shore. It's like something that was on my mind when watching this show and how... Spoiler alert, it gets annoying. Spoiler alert, it's insufferable and it's causing problems for us. So speaking of relationships not really working, Dan and Deb are at mediation, right? They are. I mean, they're at the attorneys and Dan is trying to turn the situation around on Deb. You know, like she threatened him, threatens Deb about her past. Oh, yeah. You know, to reveal things that she doesn't want revealed to the world. What stuff? What is it, Alex? I don't remember. You don't remember? I remember. Oh. Well, good for you. You've <laughs> seen this show how many times now? Like 700. Well, I, I do not remember what she has in her past. I don't think it's another child. I feel like I would remember that. Oh, it is not as bad as anything Dan has done, <laughs> in my opinion. Okay. It's not good, though. Um, So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I wish it was another child, because I feel like that would add to the drama. We just need a bunch of children out there parentless to make this a really good <laughs> One Tree show. Hill's a real show. Maybe that child could hook up with Lucas. That'd be great. That would be awesome. Okay, she had like a daughter randomly out there and then Lucas and the girl. That's a whole, maybe if they ever reboot One Tree Hill, they can use these ideas. I mean, that would be something. That would be something. <laughs> But yeah, we don't get a sense that this mediation is going very well. And this lingering, the start of the last episode, I think, continuing this lingering narrative about some weird past thing that Deb has done that is unforgivable. So whatever it is, we will find out soon. We will. But for now, we actually see another baller, Lucas, <laughs> at the basketball court. Takes mm-hmm. off his sling and he's starting to shoot some hoops. Wow, that did not take long, buddy. No, let me tell you something. Modern medicine. Very pretty good. pretty good. And he starts scoring a basket, but Peyton actually shows up to the river court, mm-hmm. comes up and just starts laying one on him. Making out. Oh yeah. Are they making out actually? I, mean, I think they're they're kissing enough. The real question here is when do a couple kisses turn into making out? When do a couple kisses turn into belly kisses? Like three or four <laughs> kisses in, I think. That's how, that's yeah. how long it takes me. <laughs> That's true. I don't even think it takes you that many. Woo. Anyway, um, so they they have they share a kiss, and as their lips pull apart from one another in the in the meridian between their faces, we see <laughs> what just the meridian between their. It's the faces. only word that came to mind. I'm sorry. Um, we see the face of a hurt brook, and we realize this is no fantasy. This is a fever dream nightmare. And he arouses from his sleep and sees Haley is actually there talking to him. So it looks like Lucas actually fell asleep briefly during a visit with Haley and had this little dream about meeting Peyton at the basketball court and his guilt about Brooke kind of sets in. And so we do see he's at least struggling a little bit with this. Yeah, he was about to have a wet dream. And then Brooke showed up. <laughs> oh, Brooke. Usually the perpetrator of wet dreams. Not in this case. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Haley is like, okay, you are clearly exhausted. I'm going to leave you be. So Haley bounces. I don't think anything important happens between them. No, I don't think so. And I think shortly after, maybe it's right after, Peyton shows up, right? Yeah. And then lands one on him. For real this time, though. This is not a dream. This is not a test, people. That's right. This is real life. Peyton is kissing Lucas. Lucas is kissing Peyton. I was afraid you wouldn't wake up. 
and miss out on being with you, <laughs> you guys. It's the kind of stuff I would say to you. I mean, it is. I mean, I don't hate it as much as I want to. I actually think it's kind of cute. But Peyton that offers to tell, because I guess they're, they're starting to have this conversation about like, okay, when are we going to like actually be together? Because he says, I broke up with Brooke and she's like, holy shit. But like, you didn't tell her about us. And he's like, no. And so they're kind of debating like, when are we going to tell her? And I think they kind of decide on, Lucas is like, okay, I'm going to tell her in a couple of days when I'm doing better. Give her a little bit of breathing room. I mean, I think they could wait longer personally than that and just like wait like a fucking month. That's what I, you know, wait longer. You know, I think, I think there's a part of this where Lucas mentions like, I wish that time would just fast forward by six months. Do you remember that? Yes, actually. Why was it six months? Like, what is it? Like, was there something? Maybe he just assumed, oh, in six months, everything will be, you know, all of this will be well over. Like, is that when the Brooke school will be year? over it. Peyton and I will be together. Like, there won't be any weirdness anymore. Like, I think he just assumes. I think it's just like a random number. Maybe he. Of like, it'll be fine at that point. Full recovery. School's yeah. out. Summer. What's By fuck? that point, everything will be normal again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's probably what he meant. So they basically land on, we're going to wait a couple of days. We're going to just chill out and enjoy our time together. So. Peyton starts like cuddling up to Lucas and she starts getting a phone call from Brooke who's clearly calling because she's heartbroken because she was just fucking dumped. Yeah. And then Peyton. We're sorry. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. Please check the number and try again. Turns it off, cuddles into Lucas some more. That bitch. <laughs> it may, I mean, do you think Peyton's being a bad friend? For ignoring one phone? Let's put it this way, okay? I think that when I think about it from Peyton's perspective, that she knows that Brooke just got dumped and she's ignoring the phone calls. I can kind of see that. When I think about it from Brooke's perspective, she probably doesn't even think anything about it because it's one phone call yeah. that she's missed. You know, um, assuming it's only one phone call that we've missed so far. So, like, I do think that Peyton... Like, she finally has her moment where, like, they're done. I'm putting that in air quotes. Mm -hmm. They're done. And, like, I can maybe enjoy myself in this moment here. But I also, I do think that she is the cause of, of some of this. You know what I, I mean? I mean, I think that in this specific scene, she's just like, well, what can I do? Like, what can I do? She's yeah. calling me. What can I even say? I'm already here with him. I can't pick up. Like, I'm here with him. Like, what am I going to say to her to comfort her when I know I'm the reason this happened? I've got your man and you can't do anything about it. You know, because Lucas wouldn't have broken up with her if he didn't have this thing with Peyton. So, like, I think in the moment, it's just, like, a logistical thing of, like, I can't deal with this right now. I don't know what to say. But it still absolutely harms me to see. I'm imagining it from Brooke's perspective and imagining how that would feel. Yeah. And it obviously Brooke doesn't know that this is happening in that way. But it breaks my heart for her. And we don't, this is not the last time we see that either. So, we very soon, actually, in a couple scenes from now, we see that pick up again we saw lucas's fever dream him at the river court with peyton well peyton showed up to his room mm -hmm. now lucas is going to the river court for real this time and he starts practicing to see if he can you know do i still have it i think he's also looking at the art people made him and i think he's looking yeah. at peyton's peyton's big art piece which is in the middle so he's kind of hanging out at the river court and i think karen shows up right karen does show up and she wants to she's i think she's like annoyed because it's like why do you keep like leaving well yeah like, bed. like you legitimately just got out of a coma out of the hospital yeah what are you doing here like exerting any physical like i imagine he's a fool i would want my kid to like rest and have their feet up and, and that's why you don't put your teenage son in a room that has an exit directly outside <laughs> That's right. I mean, that's in my opinion. Um, I don't know how far away the river court is? Because it seems like he didn't have a car there, right? So he I would walk. guess. I would guess that it is walkable for him, which is probably why he goes there so often. You know, I wonder. Is there like a map of a map of Tree Hill? Yeah. <gasps> well, like a fan-made map of Tree Hill, probably. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Because I know I... that this is Wilmington, North Carolina, right? Yes. Is that 
what like the layout is, is. I do not believe it is because based on drama queens, what I've heard them talk about, mm-hmm. where the different houses were, like what the neighborhoods were, they were nowhere. They, they were like like Lucas's house was right by like Peyton's house or something. Like, and that wasn't oh. the case in the show. I am curious about this though. I think it'd be really cool to try to find a map of Tree Hill and see like what it would actually look like. But we'll 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 look into that and see if we can find one. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, because while they're at the river court, Lucas then confesses to his mom like everything that's been going on with Brooke and Peyton. Mm -hmm. Well, he does to some degree. Karen is like really wanting the answer. She's like, I don't really get what I'm seeing. Like Brooke was here, then Peyton was here. What's going on? And then she's sort of going on about, you know, like I thought Brooke was a little bit weird when I first met her, but she really likes you. And I think she's kind of great in that way. And then he says she he broke up with her. And I, I think he kind of there is like, I don't really want to talk about any of this. So, but I think she clearly is like, oh, he's like double timing these girls, but it's fine because he's my kid. So, <laughs> I mean, I get yeah. that that's the sense of, which I mean, like, you know, she's his mom. So I kind of understand. Well, yeah. Because now we actually see Peyton and she's with Haley for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's ever explained why. I mean, they're, I guess they're friends. Well, now she's they're... buying new clothes. Haley's buying new clothes. <laughs> that's true. Haley's I guess. New style. I guess they are friends. I don't know. I still am surprised by that, but I guess then they're they, they find Brooke in the wild. Which is interesting, in I think. Because she's just sitting at a bench, isn't she? Yeah, she's just in the mall, crying alone. And she's confused, obviously. It's really sad. And she says, where have you been? I've been calling you. And so Pey- I, do, I wonder how, how many times did she call? That's what I wonder. Probably a few. But I think Peyton says something like, oh, my phone's been like whacked out all day. Which is like an excuse that I like still use, pretty much. <laughs> not that phrasing but you could always blame your technology if you don't if you're not i feel like it's getting harder and harder to do it realistically it though. is getting harder and harder it is but you're right i don't know how believable these things are when they're said <laughs> but sometimes they're true we've said these things to me haven't you i don't think so maybe not no, I mean, I, I do, in fairness, I will say I do often have the issue where I don't see I have a missed call unless somebody leaves a voicemail. So, like, I'm, I don't oh, I see a notification of a missed call. So that does happen to me. Anyway, um, Brooke is hanging out alone, very sad in the mall, questioning Peyton. Peyton's kind of blowing her off. But then they start talking about Brooke's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I, he says he just wants to be friends. Oh, I love she says this. He says he just wants to be friends, but everyone who knows, everyone knows that's just code for go away. Do you think that's true? Well, when it comes to breakups, I, I think it might be true. So you, I mean, I haven't had that many relationships in my life. When but you've broken up with people, have you wanted to ma- remain friends at all? Not really. <laughs> I mean, usually, let's put it this way, unless people are breaking up for a super amicable reason, Mm -hmm. I don't see... I just don't see people staying friends necessarily. Some people do though. I mean, I've I've had breakups with people that were like less serious relationships and the breakups, I'm still friendly with those people. I don't talk to them, but we're like Facebook friends and I'm very happy for when them, with them when they're getting married and having kids and stuff. Like it's nice, you know, and I, I feel glad for them. I don't feel anything about it though, but those were not serious relationships with anybody that's been serious with. That's been very hard for me. That's been very hard to maintain it. So anyway, she says this and she basically is like, I have no idea how to be friends with Lucas. Like, how do you do it to Haley? Or no, she, I think she says that to Peyton. And Peyton's kind of like lost. Peyton doesn't say anything. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because that's when Haley like chimes in. Well, it's just like being friends uh, or, you know, like boyfriend and girlfriend just without the sex. What? Do you think that's true? I don't have like girls that I'm friends with. Except for you. I wouldn't, based on this definition, I wouldn't say we're just friends. <laughs> we're best friends honey <laughs> of course we are but we also you know Real. the whole the whole shebang uh, stop uh, it alex please 
My goodness. No, Sorry. I just think it's a little bit like of a overly simple. Like, I definitely don't think that relationships are just friendships with sex. Like, there's definitely a different layer of romance and emotion. And it, I don't know. I just think it's like a weird response. This is more of like a little shot at Brooke, I think, just because like. Oh, just because like, like all, all she is is sex, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right about Maybe that. Maybe that's like not what they intended, but I feel like that comment was made because of that. I think Haley's a little judgy about Brooke. We've had enough comments where she's said things like oh I guess she's super easy and stuff like that like she's made enough yeah. comments that make me think that there's some judgment there but yeah because they're not the greatest of friends I don't are, are Brooke and Haley friends right now no they're I wouldn't say they're friends at all right now I think they get I wouldn't closer even know if, later though. yeah I wouldn't even know if they're like acquaintances at this point they just kind of like barely know each other which is interesting but yeah um so after this scene, I guess, Haley goes home in her new garb. Nathan is there and he's commenting on her new outfit. And she's like, well, that's nice that you say that because I want to try new things. And he's like, well, what kind of new things? Snowboarding, singing. How convenient. She already does sing. And that's how we discover the musical storyline of Haley James. It's just so interesting. Like, how did he notice that she had a new outfit? How many outfits does she have? I get the sense that all Haley normally wears is like t-shirts with weird random like U.S. cities on them. See, now that's the kind of style, and right? Because we've talked about like Mount Rushmore was one. I think mm-hmm. she said a, one was like Colorado. Wasn't one like a Grand Canyon t-shirt? Something like that. Like she has a lot of basic ass t-shirts and they're always paired with just like a pair of jeans and like a shitty cardigan and like an ugly hat. So I think maybe she was wearing something that was like more stylish. Yeah, and he was like, like, oh, wow. It was like zipped up a little bit. So I, can, I guess I can see how. Yeah, maybe it's just like a departure from her normal I, yeah. I didn't really notice a difference personally but i if i was actually paying attention i probably would have but okay. anyway start talking about you know trying new things and everything she's talking about singing and he's like oh i'd love to sit have you sing sometime and then he just kind of goes on about talking about how hard things have been for him recently and how he doesn't really know how to get through any of this without Haley. And um, she's kind. He's just kind of complaining about like the situation sucks, like between me having to pick who I'm gonna live with and all that stuff. And Haley's like, "But you have rights. You have rights, and you need to know those rights." So Haley goes and sits down on the computer, and she opens up a search engine called Internet Search. Damn it! That was gonna be my trivia. Was that your trivia? Yeah. Lena. Wow. I just thought it was so funny because it's just <laughs> Internet Search. Internet Search. I mean, really, that's. The most utilitarian name it could have. And I, I would appreciate if it still was that. I mean, I don't know. They couldn't have come up with anything. I'm just thinking like... Like Toggle instead of Google or something? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like dogbone.com. I was thinking of Dogpile because I used to use that when I was... Canine you know. dump. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, I used to use Dogpile too. Before Google was it for all. But yeah, she gets on that internet search and they start looking at like, what can Nathan do? What are his rights? In this situation. Well, we'll find out soon. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Uh, but next we go back to Nathan. We go back to Lucas and he is at his house and Jake stops by and Jake brings him a PS2. Do you know what that is, honey? Yes, it's a PlayStation 2. Nice. Well, anyway, they brought, they bought him the team collectively bought him a ps2 and some games and i am like offended by how little lucas reacts to this gift it was kind of surprising but i think that he because they got him the playstation 2 and they got him two basketball games yeah but i will say that maybe he's just feeling extra sad thinking that he'll never be like maybe in the back of his mind this whole time he thought he could be in like oh come on i'm just saying i feel okay one of the games is final four okay so it's like it's the college basketball he he was probably thinking in the back of his mind like could i ever be on that oh come on i'm uh, no i mean maybe maybe 
But mostly, I just think, my actual notes were, isn't he poor? What the fuck, Lucas? I would think there's no way he has a game system. I don't know. You know? Yeah. And, and a PS2 from a bunch of high school students chipping in and, and two games, that's a lot of money, don't you think? I think so. I mean, I, I mean, never... how many of these kids even have jobs? Like, they, it's probably a lot of money. And I feel, I just think that is like a very generous and very nice gift. And he has almost no reaction. He's like, oh, cool, man. Thanks. So I don't know how much they cost back in the day. Well, whatever. Even, well, no, I would I'm imagine just... they cost like 200 bucks, maybe. Yeah, probably around there. You know, because I bought one for an ex at some point. Yeah. Well, I did date other people. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> By the way, like you're right, it is a lot of money. I'm surprised that they were like, I thought that was very nice. Oh, it's it super, very, very super nice. nice. And I, I think that's the only reason I'm kind of offended by it because I think it's such a nice gesture. And I doubt everybody contributed either. So it's maybe like 10 guys put the money together for this system in a couple of games. It's really sweet. And I it just want to see Lucas care more. So Jake, while he's there, asks about a part-time job at the cafe. Lucas is like, I'll hook you up, friend. And then Keith comes by to interrupt that whole thing. Jake leaves. Keith and Lucas, you get the sense that this is the first time Keith's been around. Yeah, he wanted to come around when Karen wasn't there, too. Yeah, which is so sad because Keith was so excited about seeing her again. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it is heartbreaking. And, I mean, as they start to talk, Keith apologizes to Lucas and mentions, like, you know, I shouldn't have been drinking. Mm -hmm. But Lucas is very much on Keith's side here. Totally. Because he recognizes that he wasn't drunk. And because he says that, Mm -hmm. like, you weren't drunk. And Keith obviously doesn't believe, like, he doesn't think he was drunk either or impaired, at least. Mm -hmm. And this is also where we continue the conversation about Lucas and how he's processing what happened with Dan. Because he's talking about, like, he says something along the lines of, like, it's hard to know what to do with this whole situation with Dan being a hero. Like, this is so different than what I kind of know him to be. And Keith gives him some really good advice, which he said, I think it's really good advice. He says, just be grateful. And I think that's really good advice from Keith's perspective. Like, just be grateful. That is good advice. Like, you don't have to be anything else. You don't have to have a different relationship to Dan, anything. You just be grateful for what he did and let it go. That's true. You know, I think that that's that's solid advice, in my opinion. It's solid. It's simple. Yeah, I like it. Good on yeah. you, Keith. Good job, Keith. Good job, Keith. Anyway, Karen comes home and Keith is like, fuck this noise, I'm leaving. <laughs> That's all I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have anything for that. <laughs> the next day, I think, the next morning, we see a continuation of this dynamic where Karen stops by the shop where Keith is working and she's returning some stuff that he had left in the house when he was staying there. And it turns into a little bit of a conversation about like, where do they stand? What happened? Well, Karen comes by to talk to Keith, and I, I guess like at this point they had what they had before she left for Italy. Mm-hmm. The question of the day: What are we now? And like I forget how she, how she worded it exactly. She like, says something like, you where, know, does, "Where does that leave us now?" I, I think she says something along the lines of like, "I nearly, sh- I nearly lost my son, and like I can't get over this. Like this is not yeah. something I can just move on from or get over." I think she says, "Where does that leave us now?" I guess it doesn't. And he said, oh, yeah, it is is quite a difference from about a half an hour or an hour before she was getting into the airport Mm -hmm. to see now. It's just it's very sad to see. It's very sad to see the degradation of their relationship. I was like Keith, I got to tell you. Keith is a really good guy. I mean, when I was I remember when I was first watching the show, I didn't really like Keith, which like I can't even imagine why, because like there's nothing about Keith that's not likable, I don't think. But for whatever reason, when I was first watching it, I, I was like annoyed by him. But I was also a teenager. I was surly, as Deb would say. You didn't care that he backpacked through Europe? Not then. I, I don't think that meant shit to me back then. But now I just bring it up every episode. He backpacked through Europe, you guys. He backpacked. It's a big deal. It's hard to plan. And there's that's. Maybe he didn't plan it. He just said, I'm going to be gone and I'm just going to walk around. I mean, that's pretty good, too, 
though. Yeah. It's adventurous. No, no, no. Physically strenuous. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on from there. That's a sad scene. Um, we're at the Scott house and Dan is trying to get in. He's trying to open up, but it looks like the locks have been changed. And Deb comes over and she's like, you bet they have. And they start fighting. And then poor Nathan arrives and he gets caught in the middle of this treacherous scene. It sucked to be Nathan here. Yeah. Like constantly, because like having to choose a side mm-hmm. itself sucks. And then to have to, it's almost like you'd have to constantly do it. Yeah, I, I will two. be honest. I relate to this. <laughs> Yeah, what's that? Yeah, I mean, I don't relate to it to the same way because I wasn't Nathan's age, but I relate to it emotionally and like the experience of feeling like you're always letting one parent down and like you have to choose one. They're both trying to get you on their side for sure. That is relatable to I think a lot of people whose parents got divorced, unfortunately. I think it's a hard thing when like one parent talks ill of like another because mm-hmm. it, ha- it always I think it like I don't know that many people anyway. But I would like to think that if I did know a bunch of people that had divorced parents, they would probably agree that usually divorced parents are not really holding their tongue about the other. No, there's not a lot of effort there to be like civil. And that's a hard thing as a kid. It's a very hard thing as a kid. Because like even if Nathan doesn't have the best relationship with his dad, still hearing about it, you know what I mean? Yeah, and vice versa. Because it's almost like Dan's never left if he has to constantly hear about Dan. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Well, actually, in this scene, when Nathan is, they're trying to get Nathan to come with them. Like, oh, come in here. Come in, Deb says. Come with me, Dan says. Why do they all have to start with D's? I don't appreciate that. Anyway, Nathan says something like, I don't have to go with either of you. I get to decide who I live with. Suck on that. And that's what he must have learned with Haley on internet search. Because I have rights. I have rights. All I have to do is take it to the judge. Is that what he says? He does say that. Holy shit. Wow. He throws the J word out there. (laughs) Good for you, Nathan. He's made himself known. Yeah, so I'm definitely um, interested in that because like, he, at this moment, doesn't want to live with either of them. Yeah. Which I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. Um... But I will say this, if I had to choose, I would definitely choose Deb. Oh, fuck yeah. Because from what we've seen so far, I don't know how Deb was as a parent before this series started, but she definitely seems way more sane mm-hmm. and always seems to be putting Nathan, like his well-being before anything else. Yeah, I think she genuinely like loves and cares for Nathan, whereas, I mean, unfortunately, even though they're both his parents, I think we have to kind of doubt that about Dan many times. How much does he actually love Nathan? So it's definitely, uh, to me, a very clear decision. Like, who would you want to stay with? But I get it's more complicated than that for Nathan. So, But next we see another kid trying to do best for himself and do best for his life. When we see Karen giving Jake a job at the cafe. He is at his first shift. He is getting ready to bust some tables. And he gets a call almost immediately that baby Jenny needs help. Yeah, I think his dad like picked up another shift or something at his job. Mm -hmm. I I can't remember exactly, but I think that's what it was. And unfortunately, nobody's there to watch Jenny so he has to book it he has to take off he has to leave and he tells Karen this, yeah this is where Karen actually finds out because he thought that Jenny was like a girlfriend or something right yeah she didn't even know anything about Jenny because he says oh Jenny's I have to go watch Jenny and she's like oh is that your sister and he was like oh Our no sister, it's yeah. my baby it's my daughter and she's like holy shit and actually Karen's face when he says that she's like looking at him and you can tell she's like oh my god this kid like this is my life I'm seeing it all over again yeah and I actually cried Did just you? by looking at her face and as I was talking about it just now I got chills I got chills <laughs> you feel so many things for I really show. feel a lot of things nice <laughs> But yeah, 
yeah, so that's nice. You can already see kind of Karen might take on a little bit of like a mentorship role there. Um, at least that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I don't really yeah. remember, but I, I'm kind of hoping for that. But next we see Peyton is at her house and she's drawing her little drawing. And of course, sitting there on her camera. Um, and Lucas IMs her instant messages for those people who aren't familiar with what that technology was. Yeah, now they say DM instead of IM, right? Yeah, well, well it was different because DMing is different. Like an I don't IM, know what that means. Direct message. Direct, that's all Yeah, it DM for. is direct message. But I think it's different because it's like through a social media profile. Like you're directly messaging someone rather than publicly messaging them. Whereas IMing, it was like the whole, all you did was instant message. Like all you did was direct message. Like that was the whole point. You had like a list of people that you were friends with and connected to and then you messaged them. But it was always individual conversations unless you wanted to create like a room. So yeah. this is very normal. We've seen them do this before too, I think. Or maybe this is the first time we've seen it. I can't remember. But I don't know if we've ever seen them really chat before. Honestly, I think they should have more chatting in the show because that was so big in that time frame. I mean, I did it constantly. Like literally every day after school, I spent time on the chat. I remember every doing day. that. Yeah. Like, like MSN Messenger. I did AOL Instant Messenger. AIM. Oh. AIM. We actually see Peyton is kind of trying to avoid Lucas a little bit because like she's avoiding him and like, oh, you know what? I've I've got to go. And, I've got a deadline. But because she's got that camera up, Lucas sees everything. Yeah, because she's like, he's like, I miss you. Um, Do you want to come over? You could draw here. And she's like, no, no, I have a deadline. I should stay here. And he's like, he's like, no, no, come on, come on, please, please. Like, I, I want to be with you. And she goes, no, no, I got to go. She signs off, but he could see her sitting there still. And then we see... So he's like, what the fuck? And then we see Peyton is drawing a picture of Brooke crying, saying he just wants to be friends. Was she drawing that? Yeah. Wow. And all I wrote here was guilt city. (laughs) (laughs) Peyton feels bad. And we know this about Peyton. Peyton always feels bad. Like Peyton does not want to hurt Brooke. She's a shitty friend sometimes in this whole situation, but she doesn't want to hurt Brooke. And it's very, it's very clear here that she's really second guessing everything about this situation with Lucas. Cause like, I mean, she's she's seeing the impact. She's been doing that the whole time though. oh for sure i mean even after they had their little steamy hotel room belly kisses <laughs> and the car ride back mm-hmm. they were talking like you know she's like brooke is the topic of the day you know so which i think the guilt is there for both people because like lucas was very like at the beginning of the episode when he found out brooke feng shuied mm-hmm. her room he was very like the look on his face he was almost like mortified because he felt so bad yeah i mean he didn't he still felt confident enough in his feelings to break up with her in that moment yeah. though. As Alex was re-watching this, by the way, everyone should know I was doing work for school. Alex was sitting across from me re-watching this. And then he said, wow, that's a really baller move. And I said, what is? He said, he just dumped her after she feng shuied his room. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. Okay, so <laughs> I just say that what I meant was, what I, what I meant by that, okay? Like baller was the first word to come up. <laughs> That's not what I mean. What I mean is, I don't think that I could have done that. After seeing somebody that had so much love and care about me, like, you know, I was yeah. in a coma, what can I say? And then I come home and they feng shui my room. Yeah. That is an incredibly hard thing to see that happen and still be able to reach down and just like pull the cord and break up. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm glad, honestly, I'm, I'm glad that he did though. I am too. I want him... Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want him to leave Brooke on. It is always better to just be honest if you don't want to be with somebody, even if it's in a particularly painful moment. It is so much better to be honest. So I agree with you. But in, in my mind in my mind at the time, I was thinking, like, how many people would actually do that? Like, how many people would see that and not feel so guilty to just hold it in longer? I once 
had a, had a, was dating this guy, very briefly dating him. And we went to this restaurant or club or something in Nashville. And he, while we were there, this like waitress or something was going around and like selling people individual long stemmed roses. And she was like, oh, do you want to buy one for the, the lady? And he was like, sure. And he picked one and gave it to me. And then she was like, and then I had it in my hand and was like smelling it. And she goes, that'll be $20. And I was like, what? And he was like, oh. And I was like, you do not have to buy this. And he was like, Oh my God, no. And I, he was like, no, no, I will, I will. So he bought it for $20 and I broke up with him that night. Damn, it feels good to be a gangster. <laughs> and I, but here's the thing. I, did, I wanted to break up with him for a while. We'd only been dating like three weeks. And I was like, I don't want to be with this person. I don't want to see him anymore. And I felt so fucking bad. But I was so determined to break up with him that I did anyway later that night. And I said, I'm really sorry about the flower. That's amazing. <laughs> remember if he was we ended up watching Borat after I broke up with him though so it was a real weird night it sounds weird that was my life before you Alex well <laughs> anyway I'm sorry for the aside people <laughs> um I just I feel like it's relevant in that conversation <laughs> anyway okay so speaking of being dumped Brooke is determined to still be Lucas's friend so she comes over to the house and she sees Karen and Karen's like oh shit I wasn't expecting to see you and she's like, well, I was doing some research about Lucas's condition, which getting his spleen out. And there's these herbal teas that are really good. So I brought them by for him. And it breaks my fucking heart. And I can't stand it because she's so nice. And then Karen's like, oh, well, if you want, like, I'm like, well, okay, this doesn't really go down this way. But Karen is scrapbooking because she's adorable. And she's scrapbooking about her time in Italy. And Brooke's like, oh, I want to be involved. So they end up like hanging out at the table and talking about Italy. And we, we go back to them doing that a little bit later. But it's like a nice little moment where they're they're kind of bonding. You know, I got to say something about Brooke here. Mm-hmm. I do like that we're seeing all of this extra stuff with Brooke that doesn't just involve sex. Yeah, like all the way she shows her love and her care and stuff. Yeah, because yeah. every bit of her relationship relationship with Lucas recently that we've seen that I can remember okay so I haven't seen mm-hmm. an episode before this previous one uh, before this one I mean like mm-hmm. in a couple of weeks yeah so I could be wrong about this please correct me if I am but I feel like it has been a while since Brooke has led with sex yeah I okay? say I think so and I like that I like that too I and- like her as this character versus who the writers portrayed her to be in episode two for example yes I have thoughts about that too because I think that they're upping the ante of how much we see Brooke cares about Lucas and I think they're doing that for a couple of different reasons I mean we'll get into that more as the weeks come because I think though right now we are seeing the best of Brooke in terms of the version of her that is the most loving the most caring um the most invested in the relationship and you know like is really trying I think we're seeing the most of that right now so seeing this like ultimate kind of like kind and compassionate version of her and then what we see in the coming weeks will be a change so it'll be fun to it'll be fun to revisit that I think I don't remember what happened in the coming weeks so I'm I'm excited to see this well yeah I think I think it personally in my opinion not to get on this right now but I think we're in a little bit of like a boring couple of episodes to be honest like I know there's drama I know shit is happening there is movement in the plot but I'm a little bit bored by the current episodes like last week and this week and I think it's going to pick up again pretty soon I thought I had the same thought today it's like I want more action to happen uh, there's a lot of discussion and a lot of like internal sadness and shit but like because part of it right now yeah. is there's only two storylines happening in, in reality that's true I mean we've got of course we've got Karen and Keith yeah but that's but like really so, that's, that's so such a side yeah we have Lucas and Peyton and Brooke see like all three of them are tied up in each other 
right now. Yes. Right? And then we have Nathan tied up with Deb and Dan. So we only really have two things happening. Mm -hmm. So it it will be a lot better, I think, once it's kind of split up again. And, well, hell, Nathan and Haley have their own thing going on. Uh, Dan has his own thing going on. Deb has, Mm -hmm. you know know what I mean? Yeah, there's actually a lot of side characters, too, that typically have storylines as the seasons go on that haven't had any storylines. Like Mouth and Skills, for example. They become bigger players later in the series. So it is kind of interesting to, you're right, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but you're right, there's really only two storylines we're currently following that are significant storylines. So that is maybe what, what it, it's a little bit of like fatigue of that storyline right now. But nevertheless, to go back to the the other storyline, Deb and Nathan are talking about the divorce. Nathan is telling her that, you know, he feels really caught in the middle of everything and that he really wants this to, to end soon. Or I, I know that Deb is saying something along those lines too, like, oh, this, don't worry, Nathan, I know this is really hard, but like this will all end soon and everything will be easier um, and you won't be caught in the middle forever. And um, like, I just wrote down like, Deb, you have no idea how divorce works. Like it will never, ever not be him caught in the middle. That is not how divorce works. At least not my experience Nathan's life will forever be a springboard between his two parents nevertheless this scene continues with Deb basically saying like I really want to be like explicit about this I want you to live with me and that is that and I don't remember if Nathan at this point either says you know I think I will or anything because I feel like at some point in the episode prior to the end he kind of indicates that he would stay with her but I don't maybe I'm imagining that I don't remember him saying that personally maybe he didn't didn't. I felt like that was the implication but it may not be but either way it's clearly an anxiety Deb is having like is he going to stay with me I want to make sure this is known and obviously Nathan is dealing with his own kind of journey here because he's yeah. realizing it's his choice and that's that's good for Nathan but it's also I'm sure like another layer of pressure that's kind of hard so now we transfer back to Brooke and Karen in the kitchen still scrapbooking they're still scrapbooking little, cutting it out with little fancy scissors and whatnot it's adorable and they start talking a little bit about Karen wishes, obviously, that she could have stayed in Italy a little Mm -hmm. bit longer. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? And then they start to get a little bit closer. And Brooke mentions, like, you know, she's just, she's hoping that Lucas can give her a second chance. And that kills me. Like, as if she, like, fucked up somehow, you know? Yeah. She didn't do anything wrong. But then we see in the background, like, Lucas is actually, he's kind of heard some of this conversation. He's in the back behind them while they're doing all this. Mm -hmm. And he hears this, and he actually goes back to his room, takes off his sling, I think, and then walks right out the door. Which, have we ever acknowledged how weird it is that he just has a door in his bedroom that I goes mean, outside? I've mentioned it several times, and I've mentioned it in this episode, I know, too. I know you mentioned this episode, <laughs> but, like, have we, like, stopped to fully appreciate, like, how this kind of strange? I mean... I like it, though. I, I would love it. Like, if I were... Not even just if I were a teenager, just generally, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, it's definitely convenient for storylines like this. I mean, <laughs> I think it's it's a nice addition. Yeah, I mean, Lucas just fucking runs for it, honestly. Like, I think he's just like, I can't be in that situation right now. Yeah. So where does he go? Well, he goes to Peyton's. To Peyton's house. Lucas shows up at Peyton's house after she said, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to see you right now. I'm busy. He just shows the fuck up. Which, I mean, I don't know why I'm actually like, that's surprising. Everyone just shows up at everybody's house in that the show. So it's not anything abnormal, but still. Yeah. Um, because he threw his sling onto the bed, his arm was in a lot of pain and mm-hmm. like that's why he was like laying there all well you know hurt i guess and they want to fast forward time so they could be together mm-hmm. you know like i want to be better now i want everything to be better but then lucas starts to i don't know start to get sick a little bit yeah, he's getting a little woozy yeah yeah as we are in this scene with peyton and lucas and peyton starting to fall apart we transition real quickly back we see brooke and karen are together and karen's like you know i should check on lucas it's been a while and brooke offers to do it as a friend would a friend would check on a friend 
So Brooke goes into the room and you see her enter and there's nobody here. Like this boy is gone. And then we see again, Peyton and Lucas and Peyton's like, oh my God, you're burning up. I need to call somebody. What can I do? I want to call your mom. And Lucas is like, what are you doing? Calling your mom. She's with Brooke. Yeah, but then she does anyway. She does anyway because what is a what is a girl to do? Yeah, this like you're man obviously is, like you're fucked up, dude. He's unwell. What can I do? She calls Karen and says that Lucas is a mess. He's not he's not doing well. So she brings him to the hospital and Brooke is like, you know what? We see Brooke from Lucas's room. She's looking a little bit unhappy and she's like, you know, I'm gonna come with you to the hospital. I'm gonna see what's going on myself too. Yeah. And then we go to the hospital. We do go to the hospital. And that's where Lucas lies to his mom is where he was because he doesn't mention that he was at Peyton's. And that's why Peyton called. I think that they made up some sort of lie about Lucas being at the river court. Yeah, he was at the river court. Mm -hmm. Which is believable because she's already seen him sneak out to go there. So that is believable. Yeah, but then Peyton just so happens to drive by Mm -hmm. and sees him like in distress. Yeah, and you can tell, I mean, Karen's pissed off about this and like annoyed. But you can also tell like Brooke does not believe this story one iota so Brooke is kind of pissed off and I mean I think we leave it off of like Peyton's like okay you guys are here I'm gonna take off Brooke's like you okay to Lucas and he's like yeah yeah she's like all right bye and she's looking kind of pissed off as she goes after Peyton and we'll come back to them we will oh we will Because now we're at the beach house. And we see Nathan talking to Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan's offering him a drink, as you do with a underage boy. You want a drink? This is when you let me drink. You're old enough. <laughs> Which I don't know how old Nathan is, like 17? Yeah, most. Yeah. He's a junior in high school, so he's at most 17. Which, you know? whatever. I mean... No, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's whatever. I don't really yeah. care about that, but... Um, I got the sense that in this scene, Nathan is coming over. So this is why I questioned about if you talk to Deb about this. I always got the sense that he was coming over here to just tell Dan, like, oh, I'm going to live with mom. Yeah, maybe. Like, I that don't... was the vibe I was getting until he talks to Dan. And Dan says, he's going on about how much, you know, Deb has kind of slacked off as a mom and how much he's kind of had to uh, pick up the pieces of her being a shitty mother. Um, and also is like, you know, if you do live with me, just be prepared. Your mom's going to fight. But, you know, keep in mind, we can use her past against her. So he's He's kind of like, Dan's kind of like manipulating the conversation with Nathan. Yeah, he definitely seems a lot more calm right now, too. Uh-huh. And like, he's very careful with the words he chooses. Like, he, he definitely makes it, he paints it like you're, like the mother's the problem. Mm-hmm. Without being as explicit as he was before. Yes. And he's also like, he actually kind of threatens her, though, because he says to Nathan, if I'm going to fight your mom and I'm going to humiliate her with her past. But, you know, if you stay with me, I won't have to do that. So I'll I'll, give her a quick divorce. Yeah, I will back off. She'll get what she wants. If you stay with me, you know, all the problems are solved. So it's it's like hyper manipulation right there. But then if not, uh, his lawyers will deem her as an unfit mother due to all the time she spent away. I don't think that's like the reality no. like someone can work and travel for work without being an unfit parent so they're like, not all Peyton's dad you know you know, like how much does she work every month like 10 days of the month 10 days she, tops she said yeah I mean it's still a long time don't get me wrong but no, if, if, if it's enough to be called an unfit mother would we call a father an unfit father if he were traveling 10 days a week for work probably now, not I'll say this it's a little different being like 17 I don't know when when this was happening because mm-hmm. it was very recently that Deb became a cafe worker mm-hmm. and is now unemployed Maybe. I don't know. But it was very recently that that happened. So I think that like when he was 15, 16, she was doing this. I don't think that that's a lot different than if he's like three or four. That's a big difference. But the thing is, is I don't think we would even be questioning the parenthood, like the type of parent someone was if it was a man who was working out of, you know, traveling for work every week. 
we wouldn't say that he was an unfit father or a bad father. You know, we would never say that. So we're saying she's an unfit mother just because she's working out out of town and traveling for her job. Like, I think it's very sexist. I don't know how how that makes her unfit. She's not leaving. It's not Peyton's dad who is literally leaving his 17-year-old daughter and younger alone in a house for four months. That is not that with there's no one else there. No one checking in on her. Nothing. But a fucking webcam. In this case, there is another parent there. Yeah. You know, so like I I think it's bizarre that that's even a claim that's being made that like she's somehow unfit. I don't know. I, don't I know. think it's Dan making his fucking empty threats though. Like there is this thought in me that any time I think about it, I always imagine a mother being more like the parent, like the caring one. Like, like obviously that, that shouldn't be true. And that's I not think true it for often is true. I think it's true for a lot of people though. But, honestly. Okay. See, I'm I'm not sure. Like I I think that like the the mother is always the like just how I feel inside. The mother is the one that like cares and like nurtures and stuff like that and the dad is the one that always wants to like have fun and that kind of thing. Is you this know what, what you're is this you telling me what our shared parenting is going to be like when we have kids? No. I'm going to love gonna our kid nurturing. more than you. What? I mean, that's the truth of it. You are not going to love our kid more than me. You better watch out. Alex. I'll show you. I don't think so. I don't Papa. think you love Woody, our dog, more than I. I know, love. but he's not a kid. I didn't help give birth to him. You're not going to help give birth to our kid either. I'm going to plant the seed. Oh my <laughs> god, that's such hard work. Wow. Well, no, I don't take credit for my garden when all I do is plant a seed and I don't do anything else. Actually, I do. <laughs> See, here well, we go. I am the sperm of the earth. That's not a... Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, we transition back to the row house. Lucas and Karen are coming home from the hospital. I guess he was dismissed from the hospital or whatever. Released, whatever the case may be. And she starts really grilling him at this point about what's going on with Peyton and Brooke. And basically, like, you're tr- you're running off. You're seeing Peyton. You are... Because she clearly gets that something else was going on there, too. You're basically... You're treating Brooke like shit. Like, what's going on? And Lucas, of course, turns it around and is like, well, you shouldn't be he- treating Keith like shit. Why are you pushing somebody out of your life who really and truly cares about you? Why are you? Why are they? Issues. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's issues. What can I say? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like where they leave it off there. And we go back to the cafe, don't we? No. Where do we go next? We next, speaking of people getting pushed out of their lives, we see Keith at the bank trying to get a new mortgage um, because we find out that he has, it looks like he's put up his business as collateral to pay for the health care. So he's trying to get another mortgage in order to keep the business in his name. And he is red flags all over the place, according to the woman at the bank because he's poor he used his money on health care he took out everything he had in savings for the health care and she's like well you're high risk so we're not going to give you any money and he was like but it's health care and she's like this is america and that's all that happens there that's pretty much the uh, <laughs> exact way it went down like he mentions like i pulled the money out because my little nephew was almost dead because <laughs> my little nephew was almost dead well, somewhere like that. No, I mean, it's like he was at the hospital. Truth. He nearly died, and I paid his hospital bill. Mm-hmm. And but it it's just, not it, enough. It sucks that that's where we are. Should have started GoFundMe, Keith. Yeah, get on the internet search and type in GoFundMe. <laughs> It's not funny. It's very sad for Keith, actually. But I mean, it's incredibly sad for Keith. Yeah. Like I feel really bad for him. I here. feel really bad for him too. That's what I'm saying. Like his whole life is fucking falling apart right now. Because you know, like Dan had like Deb that he like, you mm-hmm. know, had her her father. Like they got money to start the business and things like that. I wonder how Keith started like the auto body shop. Yeah, you gotta wonder. I almost wonder if he like inherited it from somebody else. Like he yeah. started there as a mechanic and then kind of bought it when somebody else was we could only we could only have conjecture on this. We have no idea what yeah. What and happened? now it's like it's almost slipping away from him, which is yeah, really sad. Everything to see. he cares about, it's 
Yeah, because first it was um, Karen. Yeah. And because of with Karen, Lucas is going to be out of his life a little bit more. You know what I mean? And now the auto body shop. I mean, that's just one bad break right after another. Honestly, Keith's life sucks. He should go back to Europe because, like, this is not, <laughs> things aren't going well for him here. Let's be honest. Speaking of things not going well, I would always have these transitions. Um, Jake is coming to the conclusion, I cannot have this job while raising this six months little baby. I can't. I can't do it. So he brings little Jenny to the cafe and is like, listen, Karen, this is Jenny. She's the reason my life is horrible. I'm going to have to give my notice. I'm so sorry. And Karen's like, hold it right there, son. I have something that you might like. And she whips out a crib. I kept this back in the day. Where is this crib? Okay, so my thought, I originally, every time I've watched this show until this time, I thought she just kept it in the back from the time from when Lucas was a little boy and he would be there at the cafe. But I realized this time that doesn't make any sense because there's no way she owns owned a cafe when she had a child in a crib no she was no, like 18 I, years old i definitely think she brought this from home but what i, I mean never is, thought that before <laughs> like where is she keeping this crib now oh probably in like the attic or a basement or something no like where is the crib in the cafe is what i'm asking oh i thought it was like right behind the counter or like right there so that she could like pop jenny in and so this baby is gonna be like shit in itself In the cafe. Next to all of like these sandwiches and or whatever they sell there. I mean, probably not right next to them, but in the general vicinity, yeah. Isn't that a problem? Listen, well, then again, there's people... nothing they don't serve at Karen's Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> then again, it occurs to me, I guess people take their kids out to like places. Yeah. And they shit themselves, so. Yeah, I mean, that's not all children do either. I mean, yeah, they okay. also cry and scream and throw tantrums and spit and so I guess slobber it, and snot everywhere. It makes more sense than I thought. I'm, <laughs> there's not a parent. What do I know? I mean, Jenny seems like she's delightful, but I wouldn't want that little child at the cafe to care for. I would feel bad. Like, I like I wonder how, I don't know if it's ever really noisy in there, but I know it's for the audience's benefit. Mm-hmm. But I imagine, I'm just imagining like different cafes or little eateries I've been in, how loud they can get. Yeah, like, I can't I'm, really imagine this in reality but this is karen's cafe seems like this baby i haven't seen have we seen jenny cry no jenny we saw jenny cry once mm-hmm. and peyton get a, gave the keys yeah gave the keys and then jake yeah. later gave her some dirty ass keys as well nice. so <laughs> that's how she's she's uh been handled when she's crying just give her something dirty from the ground and then she'll be fine <laughs> By the way, I thought I did think that was really nice that Karen did that. Yeah, we're like skipping past the heart of that scene and just being bitches <laughs> about it. But like, no, that was a very nice gesture. I'm glad that he has the support. He can't. He probably wouldn't have that anywhere else. Let's be yeah, because I think she mentions that like I know how hard it can be like in your situation. Yeah. So yeah, this is good. It is good. It's a it's a nice. Well, like I said earlier, maybe a little bit of a mentorship. It's very nice. Um. So next we see Nathan. This is what happens when your child grows up. They turn against you. <laughs> Nathan is talking to Deb and is like, "Listen, mother." I'm going to go live with my father unless you share your secrets about what the fuck you did. I do think that like what you're saying is true. Not in the tone that it... <laughs> but I think that most of it is because he... Like I think it's it seems like he's doing this to make it easier for her to get the divorce. You, you're right. I am absolutely twisting the tone of this just because I think it's funny. <laughs> but he does like leave the scene when they talk about this. Yeah. And Deb is like, like is he like blackmailing you kind of about this? Is he like threatening you? I mean, but whatever, whatever information he has on me mm-hmm. and nathan doesn't know what what it is that she's hiding and he does leave this scene saying you know you need to air out your laundry girl yeah you know what i mean yeah and we don't know if she's gonna do that or not though that's the thing yeah but like overall know. i think that nathan's only doing this mm-hmm. because he wants the divorce to go like as quickly as possible i think i definitely agree like maybe not even for his mother but just to get it over with 
Yeah, I agree. I think he, well, I think also though, if she just tells him what the issue is, he doesn't have to then decide to live with Dan to protect her. Like there's nothing to protect her from because presumably the fear is that Nathan will find out about whatever happened. And if if Nathan knows about it, there's nothing for her to worry about then. There's nothing yeah. that Dan can have older, over him. So it's a complicated situation. Speaking of a complicated situation. <laughs> oh, I'm such a dork. Karen stops by again to see Keith, right? Yes. Yeah, and she's telling him, listen, you really let me down. And the worst part is that you let me down when there was really something there between us. Like, we were really something. We were going to be something, Keith, and you let me down. But she does say that she knows he wasn't drunk. Which, I mean, I guess that's nice. But also, like, if she knows he wasn't drunk, then it truly was an accident. So It's a hard thing to come back from. I know. When you see your child, like, not waking up for days. Because I imagine, I don't know, like, in her position, it's easy for us to say that, like, obviously it's an accident. Yeah. And, like, you know, forgive him and all that. But in hers, like, she's never been able to really rely on anybody else. Mm-hmm. And the one time she does, he's in a coma. And I do know? wonder, I mean, I know that the tattoo is like a nowhere on the level or anything of the accident. But I do wonder if the tattoo coupled with the accident makes her think that he was overall irresponsible. If, like less buying the, oh, this is just a, a random incident after six weeks of him being like the best stand-in parent. Maybe part of it is like, oh, the whole time he was letting me down in some way. Well, see, that would do be you know unfair. I mean? No, I, I agree that it would be unfair. I'm just saying I'm wondering if yeah, I mean, maybe it's giving her an impression that he was overall irresponsible with Lucas. I mean, she did recognize that it was like she accused Brooke when she brought her a little spirit board. Yeah, I know. I didn't like that. But So like, I think she recognizes that it, it was Lucas's mistake. I think she does, too. I, I and I'm, I'm probably really like jumping with that, but I don't know. It was just a thought that I had. Maybe. Yeah. Well, maybe she thinks about how much fun she had in Italy and how they were like six of the best weeks of her life. Mm-hmm. But then it was six of like some of the worst weeks of her life back home. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and also I think part, part of her anger might be too that like all of that really great experience was sort of taken away from her mm-hmm. as soon as she got back by all of this stuff. So it's a complicated situation. But yeah. yeah. Well, I think this is as good a time as any to stop because we have a word from our sponsors. Yes, we do. Turns out we're our own sponsors. <laughs> Please continue listening to us. <laughs> we're the only people making this shit happen. So listen up and continue. And there is talks of merchandise. Mm-hmm. Plus size only, though. So That's true. We want to do a plus size only merch. That's right. We're Get not- mouthy with our plus size shirts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. I don't know what kind of merchandise we would, would have. Definitely t-shirts. Keychains, maybe. Keychains. Fanny packs? I don't know if I want a fanny pack. Well, but you're not the masses. The then masses again, might be demanding it. 2004, fanny packs were in. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're in again. Are they really? They are. Why? I can't say, but they are. They're back. Guess who's back? Back, back, back again. I also think a custom poster of the Tree Hill cast with Alex and I's faces photoshopped over theirs. Which Lena actually did do that. I did create this. This exists. Our, our Facebook banner is that. <laughs> this exists in the world. So which if you great. haven't seen it, you should. I'm pretty sure your sister is the only person that's in that Facebook I'm group. pretty sure. In fairness, we have not invited a single person. I don't know. I just kind of figured it populated itself. <laughs> We have a lot of we have a lot of ideas about the podcasting world that are turning out to not be true. 
I'm getting a lot more interest on Instagram, and that's that I'm just going to stay there. That I is like true. That. This feels like a true sponsor uh, sponsorship, though, because we are interrupting our content to discuss and discuss. Well, what can they do? Well, we're at least we're now. only doing it for once or twice an episode, so. That's probably it now. That's it. Now we're back. Peyton is visiting Lucas. Peyton stops by Lucas's house. This is a scene. This is a scene, I think. I, I mean, I agree. They talk to each other and they reveal, like, they're not okay. Peyton says some shit here that is really good, in my opinion. When I saw you lying there in the hospital right after the accident, all I could think about was how my mom wasn't as lucky as you. And then I remembered after she died, it was Brooke who was there for me. And we were just little kids, and she would come over every single day to make sure I was okay. She's been my best friend ever since. I'm getting chills again. No, but she was because she's like, Lucas, that is what friendship is. Brooke was always there for me, and I'm not going to fuck her over this way. I'm not going to do it. And Lucas says, life is short, Peyton. And then Peyton comes back with... My life's short, Peyton. Too short to live it as a bad person. I can't betray her, Lucas. Love it. Love it, Peyton. Proud of you, girl. I mean, this is very... Let's say Peyton is very mature. Yeah. She's good. Never met anybody as mature as her in high school. She honestly, it's kind of surprising. Like, I don't think I ever gave Peyton the credit before because I was always angry at her for being involved with Lucas. I don't think I ever gave her the credit for how much, how many times she reaches this conclusion and then finally is actually holding herself to it. Because I don't think she realized how badly Brooke was going to be hurt. I think she knew, but I don't think it was until the reality of seeing Brooke crying in the mall, unable to like handle what was happening. Do I think she realized like, oh my God, what am I doing? Yeah, I know that it's, it was a good scene. (laughs) That's what I got to say about it. Good scene. I think it was a really good scene. I'm excited about that scene because I like to see a young woman stand up for themselves and stand up for what they believe in. And I feel for Lucas because I'm sure he's like bummed. He used to have two girlfriends. Now he has one or none. <laughs> now he's like, none. Seems like he's understanding. Like I think he gets thinking, it. You know what I mean? I think he's sad, but I do think he understands. Yeah. I would think as much as he would be sad too. There's an element of relief for both of them because at this point they think that nobody knows. They think they could just get off scot free. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Not today, Lucas. <laughs> anyway, um, Nathan comes by the cafe. And for whatever reason, this is like a random throwaway scene. Nathan comes by the cafe and says that he would like Haley to sing for him. That's the only thing that would make him feel better. So she starts singing. Yeah, which honestly, I got to say, the acoustics in that cafe are a lot better than you'd think. They're almost as good as like a recording studio. You know what I got to say <laughs> about that piano? What? That piano is more in tune than any piano I've met out in the wild. <laughs> Almost yeah. every piano I've seen in like a store or I think I've seen once in like like a library. They have mm-hmm. it in our library. They have these pianos just out in public that sound like shit. That's true. So it's, it's really kind of cool to see this greatly tuned piano. Everything about Karen's Cafe is mwah. What is, this, what is this song that she's singing? It's a song that she wrote, presumably. She wrote this song? Yes. That's kind of cool. So this is the thing. At first, I'm not crazy about it, but I think it really takes off. Like, when it first starts, I'm kind of like, eh. But it takes off. I think she has a great voice. Do you like her voice? Yeah, it's nice. I think she has a very nice voice. I don't think this is my favorite song I've heard her sing, but I think she has a really lovely voice. I, the thing that drives me a little bit crazy, though, about this and so many elements of Tree Hill that we'll talk about over the years, they're pretending this is the first time she's sang in front of anyone, really. 
Maybe maybe she hasn't. I mean, maybe she's saying a lot more than like we've seen. Nathan didn't know about this part of her life. No, but she says earlier, oh, I only sing alone. I don't sing in front of other people. She said that at some point in this episode. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So <laughs> it's implied that this is like her debut of singing in front of another person. And then she hits every fucking mark. It's a great ass song. She has a great voice. No nerves. She doesn't stop and giggle like I do. Like, just because <laughs> me trying to sing in front of people is just a whole giggle storm. Well, maybe I mean, she's honestly. like the Tree Hill Susan Boyle. She, <laughs> I dreamed a dream about this shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> she is the the Tree Hill Susan Boyle. I think you're right. Um, no, it is a good song. I'm actually excited to see more of Haley's musical stuff, though, because I like that finally we have a Haley, an individual Haley storyline about who she is and her. I mean, we, we don't know yet where this is going, but we do know this is something about Haley that's unique. I'm just so glad that it's for once she has her own standalone moment that's not connected to another person. Yeah. You know? You know, while she's singing this song. Mm-hmm. We actually go through this little montage. Yep. And we see Karen looking through old photos of Lucas and Keith. Oh, so sad. Obviously, with the uh, recent events on her mind, we see Nathan moving in with Dan. A lot of stuff. We do see a lot of stuff. I would have thought he would just do like a trial run and bring like a bag or two. You know, I'm surprised he's like committing. Go big or go home. Yeah, right? that's true. That's from Dan. And then we see Keith, also part of this montage. Keith has to put the dealership up for sale as he hangs a sign. That's my least favorite part, I gotta say. Not the dealership, I'm sorry, the, um, the auto, body, auto shop. body shop. Yeah, that's your least favorite part? Well, I guess that, coupled with like Karen looking through the old photos, you know what I mean? Because I just, I feel like Keith is getting to rock bottom right now. Keith is getting shit all over. And this is, what's really sad is that it doesn't stop here. That's all I'll say. It doesn't stop here. Keith's life. See, I don't remember it's where very it goes challenging. From here, So it's just, it's not good. It it's breaks my good. heart. I hate it. He does not deserve it. It sucks. Yeah, so he's putting up his auto body shop, and mm-hmm. it's just it, it sucks, honestly. Yeah, it does. It's really sad. But finally, after this little montage, or maybe it's part of it, I don't remember. I think it's the very end of it. And maybe the end of it, we see Brooke comes to Peyton's house. Hi, Peyton. Brooke is confronting Peyton. Lucky thing you finding me just like that. You hadn't come along, who knows what might have happened. Everything turned out okay. You and Lucas sneaking around behind my back, or you lying about it to my face. No. The next time you want to steal my boyfriend, you might want to turn that thing off. I went into his room to check on him, and his computer was on. I know you two were together. You meant everything to me, Peyton. And I was ready to try and be his friend if that's what he needed. No, I don't really care if I see either one of you again. Devastating. It is. But you can understand her hurt. Absolutely. I mean, how horrible to walk in to his room and see this on his screen. That he was not only looking at Peyton's webcam, but you could see they were on his bed and he was visiting her. See, I wonder if previous messages, like if it's an instant messaging, the, the way they're connecting. Did he see like all of his previous uh, messages to her also? Did she see those? Maybe if those were up, 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if they were up, he, she could have seen them. But I think just the visual, the video enough of seeing him there and then knowing they were lying about it then would be horrible. That would yeah. be so horrible for the book. Craziest part is that Lucas is watching this entire thing because as even though Peyton's sitting on her bed drawing or whatever when Brooke walks in, apparently the webcam is now on Peyton directly on her bed instead of on her closet, at her desk. Yeah. Which I guess she can move it around wherever she wants. So, but why would she move it around? Why is she moving it around? Well, just so she can be in the frame. At all times? Does she keep it on while she's sleeping? Listen, okay? <laughs> I think it's strange if she's got it on all the time as it is. But if I were to do that, I, hell yes, I'd have people watch me sleep. <laughs> I am I'm horrified by you just saying that to me. I don't... Why is it pointing at her bed? I think this is so creepy and so weird. Especially because, like, she knows there's... At least she knows that Lucas has watched this. So it's presumed that other people from her school know this exists. Now, honestly, I think that she probably just moved the webcam over. Like, something tells me that when she's in her room, that she kind of moves it just to wherever she's going to be working. I'm just assuming that's what's going on. And there's nothing weird like people watching her sleep because I doubt she does that. Because she also takes the time to throw sweatshirts and things like that over it. Yeah, I guess I just think it's weird. Yeah. That it's, I mean, I like it for the drama of having Lucas watching Brooke come in and confront her. And then she look, Peyton looks at the camera. See, I will say this. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been better if she had walked in and saw them like kissing or something. Like obviously she was lying about like where they were. I mean, it's pretty obvious that there was something going on. Sure. You just think it would be more dramatic. I want her to see it, and I want to see what the reaction is. I mean, Brooke. I don't know. I feel like it's pretty obvious. By the way, I like the reaction she's got, because now, instead of the immense sadness that she had, you can see her filling with anger. She's fucking furious. Let the hate flow through you. I don't want to see either one of you again, or I don't care if I ever see you again. Yeah. Holy shit, especially, how much more painful is it to hear that, especially after hearing Peyton just tell Lucas how good of a friend Brooke has always been? Right. Like, we actually understand now more that that is a bigger loss than we maybe would have understood it otherwise. So that is a good scene, good conclusion of that little storyline there, because they didn't get away with it. Yes, they maybe made the decision to not pursue it. Well, Peyton did, and Lucas right. is forced to go along with it. But they're both going to be held accountable for it still. And that sucks, but it's also really interesting and good as a story. So I'm excited I love about it. that. I think it's great. I know. I love it too. I think that's the end of the episode though, isn't it? That is the end of the episode. So what did you think? <laughs> well, it was okay. I, w I will say, I do think that there are parts of this that are boring. Yeah. But like I said, I think what it is, is just we're spending so much time on just two storylines. Yeah. Like in, in general, just two main ones. And there's not as many threads happening at the same time. Because I think those make the episode the episodes fly by a little bit more when there's a lot of stuff going on. I think background. also we're dealing with a couple of heavy storylines. There's not a lot of humor. And something that's great about One Tree Hill is that there tends to be a lot of humor on the show. That's um, true. Season one probably has the least amount of humor of all the seasons, I would say. But they're increasingly, I mean, there's a lot of intense and serious storylines, but there's always a lot of humor and comic relief and stuff throughout the series. And that's kind of lacking right now. And so there's not a lot of like funny moments to hold on to. Remember the end of the series, you have some kind of goofy storylines. A lot of goofy storylines. Which I'm definitely into. Oh, they're the best. <laughs> they're so much fun. Um, but I think, so I, I, for me, again, not a rewatch episode. Kind of an important episode. It's getting us through some stuff. Not a rewatch episode. Not my favorite, but still, you know, still good. It is still good. Mm. I mean, I like I said, I, w I wouldn't rewatch it either. I don't remember what the next episodes are that are coming up. I know we're getting close to the toward the end of the season. I know. So I can't remember what happens, but uh, there's like one or two things that we're like building up to, I think. I want to say we maybe have six episodes left until the 
I think 22 episodes, right? Yeah, so I think we have about okay. six episodes left. So pretty close. Very yeah, exciting. That'll be nice. Um, it will be nice. So did you have a favorite character slash actor from this episode? Honestly, it was very hard. Yeah. If I had to choose a favorite just be like an, as an actor, mm-hmm. I really like Sophia Bush. Mm-hmm. I love seeing her cry. <laughs> she's good. She's very good at crying. She's very believable at yeah. crying. She's not... I often bring up to Lena when we're alone because we don't have anybody around us usually. <laughs> But we watched a show called Seventh Heaven when we were younger. Seventh Heaven. Oh my God. And the mother on that show, Annie Camden, had a parent die. Spoiler alert. <laughs> very, very early on in the show. No tears were shed. And I've never got over that moment. So when, just to be clear, when Alex said when we were younger and we watched this, he's talking about in like January of 2020. Did I say when we were younger? Yeah. You said we watched this when we were younger. Oh, I meant like when we were younger as in like kids also. Yes. But we <laughs> we rewatched the first three or four seasons in, in 2020, early, early 2020, pre-pandemic. Ale- we did notice this. So we always refer to them as the Annie Camden tears or real Annie Camden tears when somebody is pretending to cry, but there's no actual yeah. liquid spilling from their eyes. So something I love about Brooke is watching how emotional she can be. I, it feels very real. It like feels very are, real. Those are real tears. I mm-hmm. like those. You, you like real tears. <laughs> I do. But then like I see her mm-hmm. having these intense emotions because obviously she was just, she's happy that Lucas is home and then she's immediately devastated because Lucas is breaking up. Yeah. She's at the mall destroyed. Alone. You know. Oh, so sad. When she sees Haley and Peyton. Yeah. But then at the end of the episode, she comes back in a completely different emotion where anger and hate is building up inside of her like Luke Skywalker. I'm not going to lie. I love Angry Brooke. I love Angry Brooke. And we're going to see her for a few more episodes now. And I'm, I'm, I really enjoy her. I think she's funny. I think she's, uh, I just like the powerfulness of her. It's, it's kind of like, a, it's a different version of her. It's not the sexy seductive. It's not the in love, you know, which are the two versions of her we've pretty much seen so far or the playful. She's fucking angry. And I'm excited yeah. to see that. It's going to be fun. I, like I would it. say my favorites would be Peyton or Brooke and, and it's hard for me to say Peyton because she pisses me off a lot in this episode at different times where she's I think being a bad friend but I really like her also because like we were just saying she is very mature she goes through a lot and comes to a big conclusion about her friendship and why it means more to her than this boy and she's sacrificing this guy that sees into her soul like she said in the previous episode like it's a big deal so I like her in that but I hate her for other reasons Brooke I love in this episode because she like you said she goes through a huge emotional arc um mostly I'm just excited to see where she goes and also like Haley was a no one in this episode Lucas pissed me off and Nathan is dealing with drama but like whatever like it's who cares? I don't care about any of the other characters, honestly, in this episode. I feel like they could all be doing a lot more than they are right now. Yeah. So I'm really ready to move on from this like accident. And because this is now the third episode that's affected in some way by the accident. So I'm excited to move on to new and more exciting storylines. Yeah, me too. You know, it's interesting too. I was just thinking about this. We haven't had like a favorite quote mm-hmm. in like a while now. But I think you're right. Like, we haven't had as much humor in these, like, recent episodes. Yeah, and the humor are always the things we remember as our favorite quotes. So I think that's why. Like, we, there hasn't really been a lot of funny stuff recently. Yeah. There's still there's still been good lines and good important lines and stuff, but... I mean, I liked the line earlier when Karen was like, where does that leave us now? To Keith. Yeah. And he says, I guess it doesn't. Just like he's heartbroken. I feel so bad for Keith. I gotta I know. Say. It's really hard to see what's happening with Keith. I made a good guy. I made a meme that I posted on Instagram. Actually, I don't know if I posted it yet because I'm trying to make. Well, don't spoil it if you haven't. Well, it's it's about Keith. Well. But I think I think I did because I wrote it in the comments. This is what we're saying is that this is a good time 
to open up your Instagram and begin <laughs> following us on Instagram. Get an Instagram and just follow me if you want. Yeah. There's a lot of One Tree Hill stuff, though. I will say, I've followed like a ton of One Tree Hill people. One Tree Hill is, I mean, Instagram is like a cesspool of One Tree Hill memes. Which I love. And discussion and silliness. And it's a wonderful time. So I know there's like this uh, one account, like One Tree Hill Sound, I think is what they're called. Um, I could be mistaken on that. I apologize to you. I'll correct myself next time. But I really like seeing all the stuff that they post. Just seeing all the One Tree Hill stuff. One Tree Hill all the time. That's what I like. <laughs> I want to well, see different screen captures. I want to see memorable quotes. They have a lot of you know quotes from like throughout the whole series. We're trying to do this spoiler free as much as possible through the yes. series, which I like. Which honestly, the longer we do this, the less I'll remember because I haven't seen the show since early 2020, right? Or is it 2021? 2021, baby. Oh wow, we're it's not 20... even been a year. Hasn't been a year. No, yet? no, we started we started watching it together in January 2021. But by the time we get to the later seasons, with if you know if we keep doing this, which I think we will, yes, then I will have forgotten. It'll a lot be of it. years by the time we get to the later seasons. Yeah, we oh. binged this show originally in like five months, <laughs> nine seasons, and then we're gonna take a couple of years to get through it now. So we'll see how it goes. I can't wait. I can't wait either. It'll be fun. Um, but I think that's it. That brings us to the end of episode fifteen. It brings us to the end, and until we meet again. Until we meet again. Good discussion. Thank you, Alex. Thank you, Lena. This has been Alex. And this has been Lena. (laughs) And this was Getting Mouthy.